0: This meeting is being recorded. Okay, just um, wait a couple of minutes for um, the participants to join us. I can see the numbers racking up there. I'm in a... Okay, I'll just give it 60 more seconds and then we'll get going. Okay, I think everyone has joined us. Okay, so good afternoon, everyone, and in some cases, good morning. I'd like to welcome you all here today um, to our webinar titled Global Payroll, the Hybrid Model Explained. So it's going to be a very interesting webinar today, and we've a huge numbers joining us. Um, Today's webinar will be led by Mary Holland, who's our Chief Customer Officer here at PaySIP. And we are thrilled to be joined by one of our uh, great clients, Wave, Travis Saville, here, who leads the Global Payroll Strategy at Wave, um, who've been, who's been a client with us now for three to four years. We were just chatting about it there um, since really kind of the early days for both Wave, really, and Paysip. So it's great to have um, Travis on board with us again today. So, the payroll team at WAVE have embraced the use of technology to manage global payroll operations across all their global entities. And they're really seeing the benefits of the efficiency, vendor management, and uh, using both. Um, local, in-country partners, and um, various vendors to uh, run their global payroll, and using the technology then to access all that data, uh, in terms of reporting, um, managing all their workflows, automations, integrations, etc. So, in a great position to join our chat today. So just before we get started, there's a few small housekeeping points. So the webinar is being recorded. It will be available after um, to everyone after the event. So you'll all receive an email with the link. Um, all our webinars are also available on demand on our website and our YouTube channel. And we also make all webinars available as podcasts. So you can find us on Spotify and um, listen to any of our this webinar and any of our previous webinars um, in your own time. Um, So as I mentioned, we have a lot of people on board today. So everyone will be muted except for the panel. We will make time at the end for some um, Q and A. So if you have any comments or questions, you can use the Q and A section to post that. Um, I'll monitor them as we go along. um, And we will have a couple of poll questions throughout the webinar. But for the moment, I'll hand you over to Mary to get us started. Mary, I will just share the screen for you you should be all okay you can see that perfect great okay
1: so in today's session we're going to talk about the uh, hybrid model and we're going to explain um, how it's going to help you in your global payroll um, journey right so one of the things that we know about the global payroll landscape is that we always need local expertise um, to understand the employment and taxation requirements in each country so With a mix of service providers and local vendors, you can build a hybrid model that's going to be efficient for your particular organization. And why is this important? It's important because depending on your organization, you have complex uh, um, packages that you're providing to employees around the world. It could be stock, it could be benefits, it can be highly comped bonuses that are being done. And the important thing is to make sure that you're servicing the employees in your particular country that they're being taxed and all of the requirements for employment are being followed. So it does require us to get the local expertise and how we pull this all together in the model is by selecting the appropriate uh, service providers and um, local vendors that will support that. So it's important to tie them all together by using technology in the platform. So I know that you've all been told and we'll be talking uh, a little bit with this about Travis is that, you, that we need a single, uh, a single contract with a single vendor and that you need a small number of vendors. But really we have to think about is what does your business actually need to support the organization that you actually have? So what you do need is a global payroll management solution so that you have the ability to choose the vendors that will support your organization And so when we look at choosing the vendors, do I have expats that need some support? Do I have people on business traveler? Where are my employees? So how am I going to get that expertise down in Brazil that I need to be able to ensure that my employees are being paid timely and accurately per local law? We all can agree in the global payroll space that there is local payroll regulations that we need to follow. Each country is unique in itself. And it's very, very important for our organizations to make sure that we're we're doing that correctly and accurately because we don't want to be a poster child on one of the social media um, platforms that let everybody know that we didn't withhold um, employment or social taxes correctly. We also do know that we have to automate our processes and look at validations to make sure that we're automating and using integration across the board in our organizations when we're looking at a solution and then of course standardization is always key standardization is the driving factor to make sure that we understand what's happening across the world and so the standardization will provide us visibility across the board in what's actually happening and the ability to control our expenses so looking at having your standardization of your elements is extremely important Because for example, let's say we have different bonuses across the world, but we have different names for them. If we have a subcategory to categorize them to be bonuses, then when we run our global reporting, we can get all the bonuses across the globe for 60 plus um, countries we might be operating in. And then we have the ability to bring that to one exchange rate, which is going to be key to be able to provide the visibility and controlling the expenses that our organization is looking to for us to support. You can go to the next slide, Aoife. So what's out there when we look at payroll services? So of course we know with large, um, or a large footprint in organizations, you may be doing it in-house. It could be done on in-house software with, um, for example, SAP or SuccessFactors. So you're using their, their software engine to do payroll processing. You can use an outsourcer or a, B, a BPO model where you're working with a company that's going to, you're going to be assigned a specialist to do the processing for you. The, one of the um, probably main um, common uh Vendors out there for a long period of time that started in the in the 90s was the aggregator model. And so the aggregator model's been probably with us for the last 15 um, years or so. And that was kind of the model that everybody was looking at for global payroll management. But what we're finding is that the aggregator model doesn't particularly provide sometimes the flexibility or the service that you might need for a particular country. So you might, may use an aggregator with some of your um, locations across the world, where others you might um, pick a, a BPO or outsource it, or maybe even have some in-house if you have a large population. Let's say, for example, you have 2,000 employees in Brazil, you may be looking for a, a software that you're, you're running that operation in. We also know that we need to have some technology to manage it. So we, ha- to be able to be successful in the global payroll and to control visibility in our expenses and the reporting that's needed, we need a technology to be able to help us so that we have visibility and control over our processes, we know what the workflow is, and we know that our employees are being um, paid timely and accurately, and that we can do validations and automation against that technology platform. And then we also might be doing um, using local payroll providers that could be an accounting firm that can support the operation. So often sometimes when you enter a new country that you may not be familiar with, a good solution may be to work work with a local accounting firm so that they can get you set up with all of the requirements and making sure that you understand um, the requirements and the reporting pieces of this. And in some uh, countries, um, you may need to give reporting information for payroll to your finance team who is doing his working with a local accounting firm. So that might be a model that works for you if your populations are smaller. So kind of having a blend of all of them. So the answer is, you know, probably the best is the answer to four to five plus selected you can have, but ideally using one of three of the above. So I would probably say that large, uh, In best practices, large companies will use an in-house model, then they'll use a a, a new uh, payroll provider from an accounting firm for some of the small brand new um, operations, and then they'll look for local providers that are going to provide the service and support that you need. And you could, it it is possible that you can use a uh, BPL model or outsource it to a group that does handle a particular region, so looking at what's best for your particular organization. We can move to Sorry, the next I'm on,
0: slide. I'm on mute, <laughs> I might just launch a poll now because the um, okay. first poll is just relevant to that particular um, slide. So um, how do you currently manage your your multi-country payroll? So it'd be good to get an idea here of the audience and if we're using in-house BPO aggregator or the mix of the local in-country providers. So I'll give that a couple of um, seconds now to...
1: So Travis, what what do you think um, the attendees will be selecting today?
2: Uh, <clears throat> I'll be curious. I think BPO outsource uh, mainly because I think that has uh, always been a really attract, like from the sales position. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I could imagine we could see a good deal of in house too.
1: Yeah, I th- I think from the I think for we've seen that people are looking for a model that's gonna work. So depending on um, how it's presented in, your, in the combination, we might have that. And then of course in-house provides the ability for someone to control it, um, the situation, especially when they have large employee populations. But I, I, do, I do think that um, the local and the um, accounting firms are becoming a lot more popular because we can tie it through with technology. And I know we've been um, kind of for many, many years, the aggregator was the solution, the model that was going to tie it together. But we're finding there's different, different pieces to depending on who you're working with and what countries you are sometimes you the aggregator model will work for you, but you really need some expertise. And, you know, for example, in Africa, um, where Wave does a great deal of business, that you have that local support and you have software that can take care of the situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so Aoife, what does the what does the uh, poll results give us?
0: You, you should be able to see the results there. So we have the highest amount are actually using a mix of local and country partners, which is great to see that. Um, so we have 58%. So it's good to see that piece. And I think, as you were saying, Mary, the importance of compliance really as well when you're using that local provider and ensuring that you're always compliant with local legislation. And then um, next after that is the BPO outsource at 17%, 14% in house, and 11% um, aggregators. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you. So Apologies
1: now, I'll move on to the next slide. Okay. So we're gonna move forward is, you know, what is a hybrid model for global payroll? So it's using two or three of the different models or um, services that we just talked about. You may use um, a pay accounting firm and you might use um, in-house software or you might use local. So looking at what is going to best suit your particular organization. So it's really best, um, it, it works if you have 10 plus countries across the world, you know, think thinking about when you have 80 plus, what are you going to do and how are you going to break it down uh, to what's going to best meet your needs in your organization? So we're, we're looking at having the ability to manage it um, and get the efficiency that we need with um, having local expertise and support and making sure that it's accurate um, so that the employees are, we're meeting the employee needs. The important thing is people come to work to to receive their pay accurately and timely and that's what they expect. And they expect it to be delivered um, through the compliance piece of that. So what what it might look like is some countries you might use the big four, some you might have a a local country um, ICP or in the region in Asia, a lot of people, you might use a vendor that's out there in Asia called Tricor where they focus in Japan and the Asia regions and that's where their expertise is. So what we look at, that's a sweet spot and that's the area they're paying attention to. Um, so looking for those type of providers that best suits the needs in your organization. And so it's really important that whatever um, vendor or provider service that we use, we're doing an evaluation of what we need in our services. But we want to be able to think about always managing it globally and using a technology solution so we can tie it all together so that's the the piece that kind of makes the world go. Round in global payroll today is having the technology solution that's going to give us the visibility and the reporting needs we have and we'll talk about that a little bit more um, as we move forward. So. Um, When we look at the market view, so um, Gardner is, uh, many of you may be uh, familiar with uh, Gardner. Gardner follows the HR and payroll services space. And so Gardner has, um, first of all, the quote at the very bottom says, um, kind of says it all. There's no uh, truly global payroll service solution due to the complexity of regulation requirements. I think all of us can agree to that um, particular statement. So Gardner um, actually positioned um, Payslip as a recognized leader for global payroll automation and integration in both 2019 and 2020 and in the global payroll technology category. And so that is um, pretty um, pretty good to be able to have that recognition for, for Payslip to have that recognition, but it's also, I think it's more of a recognition that Gardner is looking across the organizations and recognizing that payroll is complex. and because of its complex nature that we need to have a technology solution to tie it all together to manage the complexity of what we're offering. So we can move to the next slide. And so also, um, when we look at the, the uh, space on analysts, Nelson Hall is another analyst that follows the space very closely. And so um, both Gardner and um, Nelson Hall provide us good insight to what's really actually going on in the market space. So if you have an opportunity to look at any of their reports, please look at that because they're looking across the organization or across the world and what's really actually um, happening. And so Liz at um, Nelson Hall is one of the analysts that follows the HR and payroll space. And in her piece is long-term success um, in payroll services space will require a modern modern platform um, based on using t- technology and services with a flexible service delivery that can meet the needs of the changing business environment. So that's really exactly where we are today is that we really do need to have a, a modern technology platform that gives us the ability to be flexible and to be able to adjust as needed. And if we think about just adjust as needed, if we have a service provider that is not working for us, how quickly can we adjust and move to a new service provider so that we can correct the situation we might have and not lose our past information and still have that ability to retain that information on a technology platform. So having the ability to be flexible and to adjust as business needs is is extremely important as we move forward. We can go to the next slide. So when we look at um, service providers and looking at your organization, so this is really um, kind of homework questions to look at, and and if you haven't done this, um, I would encourage you um, next week to take a look at this, and um, we can give you that this slide. Eva would be happy to to send this slide out for you to think about is looking at, have you really mapped it out and and done, um, documented really what's happening? what are the number of countries, the regions, the entities, what's really actually going on that you're responsible to manage for? And of course that does, um, we do need to know how many employees are there, what type of workers you have in today's world is something that's going to be extremely important as we look at at the importance of having to track remote workers, the expats or different type of workers that are coming in. Maybe it's fixed term employees that are there. And really looking at are you satisfied today with your current vendors? And when I look at it, it can be as simple as just using the traffic light system and rating your vendors by, um, you know, green, um, amber, and red, and identifying those those ones that you are not happy with, and kind of thinking about what you what you don't like about a particular provider and what you need. If I think we missed, um, I have to go to the next slide. There we go. Okay. And then um, when I look at that too is what automation do you have today with your providers? What's happening today? Is it manual or it, are we kind of, as we say, stuck in Excel hell, or we're just we're just doing copy paste from one file to another file. So we're using what I would just call the, the Excel, our friendly Excel that we all love in the payroll space, but we're just copying and pasting into different templates. That doesn't, that's not productive and it's really not something that um, there's room for error There's also room for people not having a strategic position or feeling really good about what they're actually doing and using our our talent and our resources and our organization to the max. So looking at that, looking at how much we're integrating with between benefits and our HCM system, I always like to focus on what is in our HCM system. Can we get that information um, as much as we can for global payroll in our HCM and get integration to bring it over What's happening with our GL files and those items? Are we able to run a general ledger file from our payroll system and then automatically just get it over to the finance system without having someone have to touch that file? Same thing goes with our benefit or pension providers. What's going on or we, do we have that ability to bring those things in? And, and what is the amount of work? And when I say the amount of work, it's um, is it manual? How many hours are being spent? So just doing some research on that. Do you have, like, how are you measuring um, what's due and not due? Is there a dashboard or workflow or calendar that you have visibility to, to see what's happening? I have 60 countries around the world. You know, do I have something at my fingertips to be able to find out exactly where that payroll is with a dashboard? Is somebody getting an alert that something's not being done? Um, Do we have that ability today? And then, you know, the number one thing around the world is data security, no matter where you are, is like, we have the most important information about people in our payroll. And we need to make sure that that's extremely secure. And we're following all of the requirements for for data security. So how is that being managed? And, and do you have any concerns about the way it's, your information is being transferred today? And even in today's world, we sometimes still hear that people are transferring information via email, which we all know that that is not a secure exchange of information. And then our favorite compliance um, needs. What do you need in compliance? You know, there's many reasons. There's many things that have to happen in compliance. You know, new hires um, reporting. You know, termination reporting. Um, information on pensions. There, it's all across the board. Are we meeting those needs in our organization? And then looking at your reporting. So this is one thing that I would really um, have you spend on your wish list. What is what is happening today in reporting? What are you doing in reporting? Are you consolidating with our friendly Excels, you know, multiple information so that you have everything um, pulled into an Excel file? Can you run a, a report with different currencies? How does that look and how much time are you spending on that? So thinking about these as we look and choose our vendors and we look and choose um, how we're gonna manage the space, we need to be able to answer these questions because these are questions that are gonna come up when we're talking to senior management about the expense of changing or what what our model's gonna be. We can go to the next slide, Aoife. So we have to we have to think about what's our plan. So we're going to we, we talked about the different service models. So the the last slide we went over is an analyzing what you have and identifying what you need and looking at what what we need based on the mix of uh, countries, populations, services, and support that we need in our particular organization. So always still thinking about, we have to remember that payroll is always local. But we need to make sure that we um, have the ability with a technology solution so that we can have the visibility and the workflow and the reporting at the global level and that includes the pieces of having the automation the standardization the validations that all come into the platform so that we're recognizing that we have everything at the global level thinking global But having the ability to bring it right down to that local level, and it could be local level to maybe Travis in the US understanding exactly what his expenses are for him, or for his organization that is being supported. So having that ability is really extremely important in a global space.
0: Great. So I might just quickly go into a poll there on that, um, give you a bit of a break, Mary. So okay. um, on global payroll um, management planning, do you currently have a global payroll management plan in place? So real quick, easy answers. Yes, no, or it's on the roadmap for 2023.
1: So, Travis, what, what do you think is going to be the answer to this question?
2: I'm going to hope for yes, where it's on the roadmap. Uh, hopefully, no, no. We'll see.
1: <laughs> I, I would think as, if we look through the the journey of the last, probably the last three, four, five years, people are definitely looking for the, that to be on their on their roadmap. I think they've recognized it as as we expanded. I think COVID helped us really kind of identify, especially you know, what's happening around the world. And you had to make adjustments for different offices that needed support and help and how we all pulled it together with the visibility of not being in, you know, set office or set structure. So I think we've had a, a lot with that.
2: Definitely a good catalyst. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, 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 well, I think it kind of changed the outlook on technology a little bit too. Technology and automation in many pieces. Uh, and if you even look at the whole image of where people work <laughs> has changed that model. So Eva, what, um, what are the results?
0: Yeah, we're sh- just sharing the results now. So we have um, 46% of people have no. And then um, we've got 31% yes. And then 23% on the roadmap. Okay. So,
1: I mean, if we, so, if we look at it, we have, you know, over over half is, is uh, um, moving towards the right direction of where we want to be. So that's where the then technology...
0: These, and these slides will help the ones that... Are still in the no phase
1: well uh, the, the slides will help the the people that are in the no, the no phase also um you know just bringing up the, the thought about um the company may not want to do it now because they're watching expenses mm-hmm. and one of the things that i'll i'll say with that that doesn't stop us from doing our research and looking at what the best solution is and then on the list of the questions and things that we actually need taking a look at it from that angle too so When we're looking at a global um, payroll management solution, we're looking at at a technology platform that we can automate the flows of information coming into the system and also back um, out of the system. So looking at that, looking at standardizing the information that comes back from the ICP. And when I say standardizing it, we're not gonna ask the ICP to change what they're providing to us we're going to classify the elements in what we actually need. So we'll classify them in English, classify them in local language, put them to a subcategory that's going to be beneficial to us. So I may I may have a a lot of expats that are in my organization and I want to track all of the different compensation components and so I may put a subcategory expat expense and so or expat you know, benefits, any of those, any of that subcategory that would work, and then when I run a report, I can get a report of all the expenses that I'm classifying or those benefits that I'm paying out to the expats, and often, you know, believe it or not, sometimes when people don't think about it, but it's almost two or three times their annual salary, so that's an expense to the organization that somebody needs to plan for. We also want to provide, as we talked about, is having the ability to choose whatever provider you want to to meet your your service needs. So really looking at that, having the ability if something's not working for you to be able to change to a new vendor without losing all of your information that's been stored in your technology platform and not losing any of that reporting ability, having that at your fingertips if you get audited, even if you switch vendors. So thinking about that. And looking at all those data flows, so thinking about everything that comes in and we send out and all of the reporting that we have to do for payroll. And there's many, we we have, you know, our finance team wants information, our financial analysts want, you know, projections on expenses. We have our benefits and pension providers that need information. So all of that um, information needs to be um, automated and have the ability to flow out. And we have documenting exactly what has happening. And looking at you know what is what are we doing manually and can we figure out a way to get that in through an automation and a validation so that we don't have to do um, work measuring the performance of our service providers is going to be key to make sure that if we've contracted for them to do x and are they delivering the payroll on time what type of errors are happening how many times do we have to send that payroll back with corrections and what type of corrections are happening so being able to measure your inputs versus your outputs from the um, your payroll provider to making sure that they're what you gave them to process is what you actually get and making sure that you have it just brings it back to having good audit control and when um, finance or outside internal internal audits want to have the audits you have that at your fingertips to provide And then, of course, you have the ability to choose what's best for you. So having that visibility and control over what's happening to the process, you assign the correct provider, you get to assign the correct workers in the organization, you know who has access to the system. And so you're able to streamline and look at everything at the fingertips by having a good dashboard and visibility of what's happening inside the platform and what's happening in my 60 plus countries around the world. Okay, Eve, we'll go to the next question. So with a global control platform, we want to, the important thing is we're unifying our processes, so a single way of, of working across countries. So we're unifying that process. We take the approach to do a global first model. And why we say global first, we want to standardize it at the global level so that we can bring it down to the local level. So. The important thing as we look through the global first model is we're thinking globally what do we actually need and what what are elements classifications and pieces that we need in our organization, but we recognize local is important. We want to look at automating all of the processes that we have and looking at manual work and thinking about what do we have today and what can we do now to get that automation in place. And then we want to make sure that we have connectors of our integrations with our HCMs, our local vendors and our finance system. So making sure that we have that that streamlined integration for information coming in and delivering back out to what actually is needed. So do we have, um, are we putting back our payroll results into our HCM system so our managers know exactly how much is being spent in a particular location for a particular sales department? And so of course we need that global control uh, system platform. So a platform that helps us to manage all of these pieces together all in one place so that you as global owners will have the uh, tools and information at your fingertips to be able to support the business and help move forward um, and and determine strategic goals. So we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk with um, Travis um, So really, um, Travis came um, to uh, Payslip kind of in 2020, right, Uh, you know, in the midst of the last part of 2020 when we were all focusing on COVID in many pieces and he definitely had um, a major um, request to be able to onboard um, seven new countries immediately. He'll talk in a few minutes um, is that he had, his choice was to use local payroll providers, but he saw his vision to be able to have a global uh, payroll control platform because he knew he was gonna have growth and had recognized the ability that he needed standardized processes and wanted to automate different things and to make it scalable so that as a wave grew and moved forward that he would have the ability to support the business. So we're gonna talk right now, I have some questions for Travis and he can share a little bit more uh, about um, his journey with payslip and also his journey in automation and, and the choice of using um, technology. So Great. Travis, let's hear, let's hear about your role and how you support WAVE with um, global payroll operations management. And currently how many global locations do you have and where are they located? And what services does WAVE provide to, um, to your clients?
2: Yeah, definitely a great question. So I am a WAVES director of uh, HR systems, which is in charge of all of our HR systems that scale with our business, namely payroll delivery is one of the biggest things uh, that I work on. Um, I'm mainly in charge of like the big overview managing our providers, our overall delivery and recruiting would kill me if I didn't manage. <laughs> we to say growing our team, we are hiring. Um, but I will say in, you know, the last six months, I think the most important part of my job now is kind of being the chief storyteller for our payroll team. I think, you know, often it's easy to see payroll as, you know, one to two days uh, a month. And the reality is, you know, the orchestration of payroll is the kind of this ongoing thing. And so I really enjoy getting to uh, talk about kind of the work that our payroll teams do day in and day out. Um, To the number of payrolls or processing or geographies, I want to say it's close to 20. Uh, you know, with a little bit of humor. I think I've forgotten the exact number, and I guess that's something Payslip has allowed me to do. But I think with France, we're at 20 now, feel free to correct me. Um, and you know, a little bit about WAVE. So we employ heavily in our operating countries, which are primarily in the West African Monetary Union or WIMU. Um, and then we have uh, small pockets of talented product engineering and GNA folks globally scattered across Europe and North America. Um, And then a little bit about, uh, you know, who is WAVE, what is WAVE, what are we doing? So, simply, WAVE is on a mission to make Africa the first cashless continent. Um, We do this by building kind of a modern financial network that brings life-changing financial infrastructure to the continent, and most importantly, we build a product and provide financial services that our users just love, Um, and that's what we're doing.
1: Well, um, Travis, well, first of all, to me, it's very interesting, WAVE's mission and where you're doing the work because Africa is as if we look across the globe and you ask um, payroll professionals around the world and most people aren't in Africa you know there is some growth and some movement into Africa and then just the mission uh, of what your company has to do which we know has a huge compliance piece to it right so yes. as, as <laughs> we as we look at and think about the payroll space we know that the providers and who you work with is going to be extremely important because it's really high profile. And I'm sure that there's a lot of audits and review that's actually happening in that particular space. So as I kind of shared already that, you know, you decided to to make or look for payroll services kind of when everybody else was trying to keep the lights on in their organization with, as we were in 2020 and people were working at at home and trying to figure out how we how we all link everything together and still keep all of the requirements that we have to do for payroll. So things have drastically changed. Um, We were talking about that before the webinar that um, COVID did provide some exposure to things that we can do differently and and the needs that we need for our organization. Um, Please share some of your thoughts and strategic decisions of why you believed um, technology solution was um, ideal for, for WAVE, especially um, as you started with very small populations with um, payslip, and <laughs> we were happy to talk to you, but we, we, we had no idea what was going to happen with WAVE, and your, comp- your company was moving um, forward um, after your Senegal WAVE was established um, from your executive um, staff, you were moving making a change, uh, kind of company structure change, so I want to share what the thoughts were on that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I think in keeping with, you know, Wave's values of, you know, constant iteration and learning, um, we learned a lot from our time in setting up and setting up payrolls and delivering on payroll with SendWave. I think we tried every model of payroll delivery in some form <laughs> or another that you mentioned. Um, so when we entered into the agreement to send uh, to sell SendWave to World Remit, um, our executive team and my boss, our chief people officer. Um, you know, kindly gave me kind of a blank canvas to work with, uh, and thankfully, Wave um, has never feared being a bit unconventional or taking informed risks. So this made, uh, you know, selling kind of my vision a bit easier. Um, I think, you know, when I when I go back and think about what I attempted to solve for, or you know, what were my keys when redesigning Wave's payroll delivery, I think the most important thing was like. It needs to meet our de- needs today like we have to be able to deliver payroll in seven countries you know following the close of the sale and most importantly could scale as we grew like i knew we were going to grow after uh we exited uh exited from our send wave business um and so it was uh you know vitally important that this was a scalable technology um, you know, as I mentioned, building a team, something that I could onboard a payroll delivery team to quickly. Um, you know, as we grew, I think you saw it just became, hey, we have another key user coming on. Um, and uh, I, I would say technology has been really helpful in, you know, bringing new people into our payroll delivery team and having them work through the similar processes, irregardless of the country they're processing for. Um, you noted on our uh, kind of reporting and auditing auditing requirements so I definitely wanted something that could support that um, that didn't require as much manual intervention with you know various excel sheets Um, and then last and probably maybe the most important for WAVE um, was an experience that our employees just love like one of the things I think you know we've talked about and I constantly go on about is how payroll delivery wave feels a bit magical and that it just works. And it's a really refreshing employee experience to deliver on a a payday that just happens.
1: Now, I would would definitely say, uh, Travis, one of the things as you started your journey is that you found um, payroll um, people that supported the project, right? So they had the initiative of the company and work towards, even though you had a small population at the beginning, how can we look at our processes, how we can make changes to, to things as we grow? And you're exactly right to you talk about it, it just being, um, it just happening, but it's happened because you've done that extra, you've done the work to pick a technology solution and then set up the standardization and your reporting ability to have everything in place. And really, if we, we think about it at the end of the day, going through those audits and digging through paperwork that's at your fingertips for that particular payroll or particular year, it makes everybody's life a lot easier. And we do know compliance continues to be our friend around the world and our friendly, <laughs> tax, our friendly tax agencies need to look at those things because they too have, have to make sure everyone's compliant as we, we go through that. So I, I would agree. You you definitely, when you came to Payslip, uh, you were very small, and we'd had no idea what we were um, what was actually in store for us. But we um, onboarded you very very fast that first month because you had that business need, and and worked through that process. And uh, I've seen personally, I've seen the growth of your team, and also kind of um, evaluating what's the best model for their um, organization of your organization. If we've gone through the last um, three years. So on your, you know, on your growth journey, so I'll ask the next question, you know, from 2020 to present, you've had, you know, wave has um, had growth and expansion, but one of the other things that's happened, and then um, we've talked about this, Travis is, you know, wave was smart to start thinking about six months ago um, of what's actually happening around the world with inflation and the cost of the things. So um, over the last two years, when going through that you had to make decisions about your hybrid model um what's best for technology and how you can support the business what are some of the things that um you looked at to support the business and help them with that decision as we as we looked at where should we be in the world today with many things happening
2: yeah a great question i think you know initially Early on, our focus was really on, you know, what is the value we're getting from our outsourced providers or ICPs? Like, are they helping us stay compliant? Do we feel informed? Do we know what we, you know, otherwise wouldn't know processing uh, in countries? And then I think more recently, in the last six months, as we've been able to build that team, um, especially in our operating countries. Uh, you know, we kind of always knew on the back end, there was an ability for us to save some money by bringing this processing back in house, but not yet having kind of the bench strength on the team. But now that we had developed that bench strength, we knew we could save a material amount of money um, by bringing uh, the processing for those larger groups of employees in house. And thankfully, we now have the bench strength to kind of meet that need. And so we were able to kind of, I would say in the last six months, quickly pivot for our largest employee populations and adapt uh, payslip to delivering um, payroll in house. Uh, And it kind of happened, you know, again, I don't want to hearken on the seamless bit. you know, there's lots of work that happens behind the scenes, but for our employees, it really just felt like a continuation of payroll. Which was uh, you know a, a win in my book, and I'm very thankful to our very talented teams in delivering that.
1: Well, I think, I think you definitely saw the advantages of the hybrid model, right? Making that decision that um, as we start out, we use you were small, you, you did a, you had service providers, you needed to make a change. but eventually we needed you had the, I would say you had the platform and the technology there to make that change. And as you made that change to support the business, you were able to, for, for two things, you had control of what you wanted to process with by going in-house. And then you had the also the ability to monitor your cost. So that's one of the things with the, the hybrid model. At the, at the end of the day, we all know global payroll to do it correctly does cost money, right? But we need to make sure we're managing our expenses across who we're selecting to do our service for. And then if the services we are asking for, we need to make sure they're delivered so that we can monitor what they're delivering for us and making sure that we're meeting the needs of our organization. And so I I will say having observed from the outside of what's happening from my team reporting back, you were able very seamlessly to get that transition happening because you already had set up your standardization, your workflow of your model of what actually happened. And the team were, were on board and knew what the steps were for the processing. And so it was just switching to a new provider and, and not really changing the um, operation of what's actually happening. You still had your reporting and all your ability to all of the rec- your past records, which is always in any organization as we make a change between providers is don't ever forget not to keep those records because you never know when. Um, the auditors will be there and it's happened to many people around the world you just thought they were going to be saved by the payroll service but they they didn't retain them for uh, as long as you thought that happened so let's let's talk um for a few minutes on your thoughts about the aggregator model so we talked about different hybrids but the aggregator model is as we talked about It was the preferred model for many, many um, organizations. As we we started in the 90s, it was the push that everybody was looking for to solve global payroll. Right? It's a challenge when no matter where you sit around the world, when somebody now says you're responsible for global payroll, and now you say, what am I going to do, and how am I going to get services there? But I think over the over the you know, last 20 plus years, the models changed and the services have changed with the aggregator model. So what are some of your thoughts on that and some of the, the challenges that you see um, that you had while you when you were looking out for a new model that you were looking to actually not use an aggregator model? Because in, in your particular situation, when you started out, you were rather small so yeah. it would have it would have pretty typically fit to just say okay an aggregator model will take care of that I'm in seven countries I can go to one one provider I have one contract and of course as we talked about sometimes we're getting that solution here's the magic that's going to happen but mm-hmm. you made you thought about it and had strategic view and vision so I think it's helpful for um, organizations to understand. You know, it is it is a model that's there. It you know, it's it's not going to probably go away um, right away. But what do we need now, and then into the future as we go future thinking?
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I certainly have some thoughts here on this one. <laughs> uh, you know, I think as you noted, for those smaller uh, the smaller populations or smaller spread of countries, like it's it can seem like a no-brainer. You know, often. When you get those sales calls, it's you know that similar pitch, like we'll take care of all of these payroll headaches for you, deliver a perfect payroll. You know, you don't have to worry about the details, there's just a small premium attached, but all of your payor- payroll woes are gone. Um, and I've often found, you know, why there is an element of that is true, like in addition to that premium, you're losing out on the visibility and control that you would have and how you deliver payroll to your organization. Um, And so, yes, while, you know, you can deliver a near-perfect payroll, um, you kind of remain in this reactionary mode with your employees um, as it relates to payroll, um, you know, oh, your net check is different, you're not sure why, you don't have the visibility, you now have to go to the aggregator, Um, and that can really, I think, you know, in time erode trust with your organization. You know, me as an employee, if my check's not right and, you know, I payroll can't speak to it, like it's concerning and um, Mary, I think you have experienced and alluded like Wave has a very open and transparent Mm -hmm. culture. Um, You know, most of our Slack channels are open and people join them freely. And I think, you know, we just had a really refreshing experience uh, in our Berlin channel at the start of the year where uh, one of our employees is just asking his colleagues, it's like, hey, I noticed my net check is different. Uh, You know, does anyone know why this is, uh, you know, happening in our payroll team? Um, you know, the person who was responsible for processing that had seen that during the preview and had gotten that insight and was able to proactively jump in there and say, Yes, we saw this during our preview, and we've confirmed that it's the upward adjustment and the social insurances for the new tax year. Like if you have any questions, like don't hesitate to reach out. And you know, right there, they were able to address that employee's concern, but also for that entire population in that channel to reassure them that like payroll, you, you know, is watching this very closely, and we take a look at those variances from month to month. Um, and so I do like I think the part there that I would say is I do think organi- organizations value and benefit from having competent and informed payroll team members who can speak to what's happening, you know, month to month. Uh, and so when I think about the aggregator model, um, you know, I think that's one area where you have to concede that you're just kind of sending out that output and wait, or sending out that input and waiting for that output. Um, and I think this is really kind of where a hybrid approach can shine. Um, you know, we have markets in which we have developed teams that are subject matter experts in processing payroll. You know, for us, that's namely, uh Senegal, Uh, Uganda, um, Cote d'Ivoire, but then we also have our smaller European markets where we rely on those local ICPs to keep us up to date. And we're able to do that in a, you know, manner that is uh, not reactionary, but instead is proactive. Um, And I think that is something that, you know, really empowers my payroll team to speak confidently to what's happening month to month. Um, And I definitely, you know, I'm thinking you mentioned those early kind of discovery calls with Fidelma, The one thing that I wanted, and I still to this day want, is the sense of payroll that just works. And I really do believe like the hybrid model has empowered us to deliver on that experience.
1: No, um, I think, well, first of all, we always have to think about the employee experience, which is is, is 100% key, but giving your team the ability for them to be able to answer and to see the reporting and the reasons and the visibility of what's happening. So when these questions come up, they already know because the validations and the automations and the review of the information's been done. And it's not, it's not manual going through Excel files after X file files, everything's at the fingertips to be able to support the business. And, and I think they, as um, employees are empowered to support and provide information. And I think that's even key as we build out the global payroll footprint, as we move forward is empowering, um, People in our organization to support the business. So, before we take um, questions, I have one thing, one last question for you is what advice would you provide to payroll professionals on looking for, um, at the hybrid bottle strategically and selling the solution to management? You've kind of shared on that, but I don't know if, um, if you had any closing pieces that you wanted to provide before mm-hmm. we um, take some questions from the attendees today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, you know, think about or start with like what your end state is, what do you want payroll delivery to feel like at your organization and does this align with, you know, what your company wants to deliver to its employees like, and I would say build your case around that I think it's an easier sell. Um, now we can't forget building that as stakeholders with finance, treasury, you know, our, our audit teams making sure that we, you know, bring in those value adds on demand or automated GL creation uh you know simplified treasury reporting uh audit being audit ready all the time Mm -hmm. um but i do i I do think payroll and payroll teams in general often have a tendency to kind of dismiss their ability to impact or their ability to influence businesses which simply just isn't the case i think as we employ in a more global context like Payrollers and especially global payrollers are an incredibly important part of that decision. Um, You know, I have found the group to be professionals with an unmatched bar of integrity and we take an immense amount of pride in delivering on delivering payroll each and every month, Um, and so we should feel empowered to speak to the experiences that we can deliver with the right tools, the right providers and the right technologies.
1: Well, you're you're definitely right, Travis. Uh, payroll is the center of the universe in any organization, <laughs> and all re all you know, paths go there. But it is definitely does um, provide you know, payroll professionals should be um, empowered, and we provide the strategic ability when we have technology and the automation and validation to be support the business, and that feels great for all of the team members that are supporting that. So, Aoife, um, we have some questions in our queue.
0: Yep, we have quite a lot. Um, so we have one about reporting. So can you talk a little bit um, as to an organization can have combined reporting for all countries when you have a mix of different vendors, so aggregators, local ICPs, accounting firms?
2: I can talk about that, how we do it at WAVE or Mary. Okay. <laughs> now,
0: why don't you just talk about how you can
1: do it at WAVE and then I can pop back in with a with a few other pointers or how we do it, how we help you at Payslip to, do, to achieve that goal.
2: Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, for us with Payslip, it empowers us, you know, as we're setting up a country, we go in and say like, okay, what pay elements and deductions are we expecting? And then we have our internal playbook of, you know, mainly guidance with accounting yeah. of, how do we want to treat these in our books and so you know why earnings may be broken down between like a basic salary, and then you know additional parts of that or vacation 13 14 month. Like we know at wave we want to have that all fall into our basic salary. So we have a subcategory, which is salary or base base pay elements. Um, and then you know we also have an additional for variable bonus, and we do that across all of those earning codes or er, earning and deduction codes in all of our markets. Um, but the nice part is that we've categorized it in a way that it, with the power of payslip, it all comes in <laughs> to those specific buckets so we're able to report on it across all of our geographies looking at an apples to apples comparison.
1: Yeah, and, and also I should highlight at least on WAVE you also were able to look at your uh, finance and the account codes that were being used so that you can use it standardized across across yes. all of all across WAVE so that Often when we look at it, we may have different account codes that are being used, but when we start to look at the standardization, and one of the reports that we actually have is the ability for um, clients to run a report on all of their elements, the classifications across the globe, and then also the account code, so they can take a look at making sure that's all aligned, done a lot of work to standardize and get things aligned, but making sure you're keeping it there and seeing what's set up. So that's another thing is not just setting up a new bonus code because you don't know where it is. You have the ability to look at that. And yeah. so um, Travis kind of put it all together and how um, what happened in, with his experience with WAVE. But we, um, during the implementation and the standardization, we work with you to think about global first. What do you need from a global level? As Travis mentioned, he wanted to, they want to call salary, but we know we have different components of that. And it doesn't matter what the ICP brings us back in because we're going to classify it. We're going to take the ICP's information and classify it into the way we want it set up. So it doesn't matter what local language you have, we'll have the local language and the English and the subcategory to get that reporting that you need. Okay, Eva, do you want to go to the next question? Whoops, I'm sorry.
0: Um, just, just one moment. Um, so there's a follow-up one there. Do you, um, and this is a follow-up to the first, the question about the reporting. So do you work with all external vendors to bring the data into your solution?
1: Um, yes, we do. We work with that. We bring in the gross to net report. It doesn't matter, um, what format it is. We'll see some, we see some wonderful formats. Um, but through our integration and mapping, we map the, um, the, uh, information from the gross to net report into the element classification. And when that happens, as soon as that report is dropped on our site, we have what we call zero touch or Zeto, which is um, our automation process that brings that file into the platform We do validations to make sure we identify if there's the, how many people are on the file. We identify if there's a new element that isn't there. So we do um, validations on that report. Everything passes, it automatically goes in the system. Otherwise you have a validation report that has you walk through what's actually has to be corrected with detailed information on how to correct it. Maybe it's a new element that came for a new tax in a particular location and it's not in our system right now. So you would need to add that And then the ZETO validation will work correctly for that. Doesn't matter. We have horizontal, vertical um, GTN files that are there. Sometimes there's two files uh, for the gross to net, but we're able to map that in through our process, um, working with you on your element classifications during implementation.
0: Do you have anything you want to add to that one?
2: No, that was a perfect way to describe it. (laughs)
0: Um, and The last question is, um, I don't know if we have time, we have a question just on compliance with, um, just want a couple of tips on compliance with GDPR.
1: Um, so um, our, our platform is a closed platform, so all the exchange of information um, that comes in from the platform to the ICP and the ICP pack or to any um, place that we're sending the information, we're following uh, GDPR. We're hosted out of Ireland, so we're follow, you know we're in um, our company is what's headquartered in Ireland, so we're hosted on Amazon server through um, Ireland is our is our hub base with that. So we're hundred percent following that. All of our employees are trained on uh, GDPR training um, annually and have an exam that a quiz to take after that particular piece. We monitor that, and we also have ISO certification. Uh, for um, our security on our system so the the thing is we will ensure that the information is exchanged through an exchange site over to the icp and the icp back there is no emails if an icp or somebody sends us information via email by mistake client or an icp we will immediately delete the icp uh, delete the email and let them the person that sent them know that this is not the secure way to exchange data so the employees are hundred percent compliant on that piece. And we monitor all of the controls around that.
0: Great. Well, I think we've got there's there's, there is still a lot of questions there, but what we'll do is we'll come back um, offline to each one of those questions. So Mary and Travis will provide answers to those. Thank you very much for all the questions today. Um, And I think we are just at the hour now. So Mary, if you want to have any closing comments or Travis.
1: Well, first of all, I wanna um, thank Travis for sharing um, so that he shared with um, the attendees today about the hybrid model and the pieces of getting ready for um, the technology piece. And then um, no matter what, if it's not right for you to to make that decision now because you're watching your expenses for this year, please get yourself ready. So there's no there's no time like now to evaluate where you are And then start to build your business case and identify the areas that you need support on because. Well, you can talk to management and explain that to them so that they're aware of what's actually happening and they may end up just making the decision to let you move forward, even though you're watching um, different areas of expenses.
0: Great. Uh, thank you very much. And as I mentioned before, a uh, recording will be available to everyone who receive an email in the next twenty four hours with the link to that. And we'll follow up with those questions directly. Thank you very much, Travis, for joining us today. And thank you very much, Mary. Thank you. Have
2: a good Bye. one. Bye. Bye.